Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Magnolia Beef and Seminary has top quality beef products that are raised right here in Mississippi. They also have fantastic gifts for every age. For the best beef in Mississippi and so much more, visit Magnolia Beef and Seminary or find us on Facebook. Celebrating the people who make coastal Mississippi a great place to live, work, and play. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by the South Mississippi Boat Show, Friday, April 29th through Sunday, May 1st. And by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. We have a great show today, but before we get to our very special guest, I want to share with you a couple of words of inspiration that have been posted by friends recently. The first one is from my friend Stacy Waldrop, and here's what it says. I don't know who said this, but it is really good. In this life, we are all just walking up the mountain. And we can sing as we climb, or we can complain about our sore feet. Whichever we choose, we still got it. We still got to make the hike. I decided a long time ago singing made a lot more sense. I just love that. You know, it's all about perspective. You know, having a positive attitude, even if you're going through difficult times, sometimes can help make get, get going through difficult times so much better. My friend uh, Christina Carter posted this one. Never regret a day in your life. Good days give happiness. Bad days give experience. The worst days give lessons. And the best days give memories. That's really true. Again, it's all a matter of perspective. And lastly, for my friend Vicki Foley, who posted this. Ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. Don't let what's happening around you get inside you and weigh you down. You know, I talk a lot of time I talk a lot of the time about um, we have uh, the ability to control our own destiny, and it's all what happens inside of us. And uh, those three, those three uh, quotes for the day, and from my, you know from my friends, I appreciate them posting them. Give a you know give ni- nice insights and maybe the way we should approach our lives. Okay, so now let's move over to my friend. Kenny Glavin. Kenny has been has been involved in the lodging and leisure uh, industry for many many years. He's a proud Croatian. He's on the city council for Biloxi. He's very passionate about coastal Mississippi. Someone I've really looked forward to just you know talking to and telling his story. So anyway, how you doing, Kenny? Man, I'm doing great. It's gl- glad to be on your show. It's good. So where are you right now? I'm looking at it looks like a hotel background. Yeah, well, I'm just a little office over at uh, Legends Hotel, Biloxi. Uh, We just opened it a little over a year ago, and it's uh, doing well, especially the Sapphire Supper Club, uh, which uh, has a little intimate uh, entertainment, and I think the locals really enjoy it. I've, yeah, they post about it all the time. We'll, actually, we'll come to that before it's over with. You know, I look back in your past. Uh, you and I shared some notes, and people like Billy Creel, who I know really well, and Ed Bozier, uh, Asher Travis. I worked in, closely in the community with 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 him. You've got a lot of incredible mentors in this community, and and uh, some with us, and some not with us any longer. But before we get into some of that, I want to let's let's do this. Let's. I want you to kind of, if you were in an elevator with someone and you were telling them about the Stewart family and the company that you're working with today as sort of a strategist. How would you tell someone about the company you work with today? Oh, wow. You you know, you talk about uh, a family, a hardworking family that's hands-on. They're not in a corporate office uh, anywhere. They're they're boots on the ground here in Biloxi, Mississippi, and and 
uh, honestly, around the Gulf Coast. And uh, they wake up every day early and uh, they have a plan. They work that plan and uh, their vision. You know, if, if, if I had learned anything from the Stewart family, they have this vision. It changes a little bit, but uh, it works. And uh, you see it up and down the coast uh, with Margaritaville, with the new legends, with the White House Hotel. Uh, Centennial Plaza and Gulfport, and uh, we got a Markham uh, building project uh, that's on the radar in the near future as well. It is incredible the investments that they have made. It, I mean, it's what a what a dedicated family, and uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about them. But I wanted to give people a scale of the of the company that you work with, and um, and and so what what I want to do now, I want to shift gears for a second. Let's, let's take a way way step back. You are a proud Croatian. Tell Absolutely. me a little bit about your your family heritage. Well, you know, my, my grandfather, Marco Lavin, Golden Mike, they, they call them, uh, came over from uh, Croatia in the early 1900s. Uh, he was from a little city north of Zadar called Pravlaka. And uh, he started in the seafood industry like everyone else, uh, but he made his own nets. And, and the shrimping community uh, said, hey, Mike, uh, if you start making nets, opening your own business, uh, we'll buy our, our nets from you. You catch more than we do. And uh we want to we want to be bountiful, you know, as you. So so he started a little business on Oak Street. Uh, 1937 is when it, it was started before then, but it became a corporated business in 1937 and operated all the way through Katrina. Uh, my father, Herb Glavin, took it over, uh, you know, after he passed. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, when seafood was king, it was a good life there on the point. And uh, we, we had our role. I had I didn't have blisters on my hands. I had calluses. You know, from uh, hanging the nets and that manual labor, but it built a lot of character in me, and it serves me well well today in those early years. But that Croatian community, uh, you talk about worked hard, played hard, and uh, I mean, they it's just what they knew, and they 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 love Biloxi. They love Biloxi. Um, they left their homeland, which is a beautiful homeland, and they they really appreciated democracy, freedom. And it, and it shows today. Yeah, I think a lot about Croatia these days. Um, I met a young man through someone who's actually been on my show. He's actually been on my show for a short period of time from Ukraine. Uh, he's obviously in Ukraine still, and uh, they're, they're supplying what they call the defenders. But his family uh, was sent to Croatia. They had some family there. You know, if you th- the time that Anna and I spent there, and I know you've been there as well, but the time that, that Anna and I spent there, we were we, we spent the time with someone who literally was in Dubrovnik during the bombing and we wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth we wanted we wanted someone who could talk to us and through a friend of ours we met her and she spent about a half a day with us kind of taking us through the early 1990s when when i mean literally the bombs were flying in from the sea and and, and from the mountains uh, adjacent to dubrovnik um you know they've they've been through that journey they know what it's like what ukraine is going through certainly the scale that ukraine is going through today is very significant but um, boy, the country's been through some tough times, and what it what it creates are some of the most amazing people, some of the most resilient people on earth. And man, we were lucky that they chose Biloxi to come to, weren't we? No doubt, no doubt. It, uh, on my grandmother's side, she was from uh, Dubrovnik, a little island off Dubrovnik called Lopug, the Mazzaro family. Uh, so I got the Mazzaros. I don't have any of the itches, but I got the Mazzaro and the Glavin. They just uh, left off the itch for some reason. 
great people there, and obviously the influence that they've had in Biloxi has been just incredible. So, you know, you grew up, uh, how did you, tell me about how you ended up getting into the the, uh, hospitality arena. Well, it's going to be a good story here. So, you know, I grew up on the point, uh, worked hard, uh, had a football career uh, in high school, played in the Shrimp Bowl in its heyday. And I was recruited by legendary coach uh, George Sequel. And uh, I had the pleasure of playing for him. And, and actually, uh, my defense coordinator was Clint Delhunter. Hard as nails, uh, tough, tough hombre. But uh, I met my wife in college. And uh, I always wanted to be a coach. I, I aspired. I saw myself as a college coach one day. And she was talking to me when we were dating. And she said, uh, what do you want to be? And I said, uh, I want to be a coach. And she said, well, if you do that, your daddy's, uh, my daddy's not going to let me marry you. So I said, what does your daddy do? And she said, he's a, he's an auditor at DCAA. And so I changed my, my major to accounting and got into accounting. And long story short, her and I got married, went up to Mississippi State. Um, and I got into the uh, hospitality industry as a night auditor up there at Mississippi State. Uh, and kind of the rest is history. Uh, Ed Bozier uh, had the Biloxi Travel Lodge. And uh, just went through the World's Fair, and he built it thinking that all this uh, economic activity was going to spill over on the coast. Um, but he built that property and hired me as manager. I ran it for five years, and Billy Creel was at the Hilton next door. We had the uh, Royal Diablo on the other side of us. And I really cut my teeth, uh, Ricky. Uh, I had a lot of mentors, like I mentioned, Billy, Lee McConnell, and others uh, that took me under their wing at a long age. I learned the golf package business. I learned the ins and outs of things. And uh, another story, Ed Bozier, uh, in the afternoons, uh, I'd finish, you know, I only worked a half a day, you know, that, that when I worked for Ed Bozier. And that was 12 hours. He said, half a day is 12 hours. <laughs> so, so at, at about 5 o'clock, uh, Ed would say, come on, uh, come watch the news. We'd watch the news. And then we'd get in his car and we'd ride to different hotels in the afternoons. And actually, we counted cars. And, and if there was a car with a, a company name on the side of it, I would write it down. And next morning, I was calling them and trying to get them to come over to the Biloxi Travel Lodge. And, and we'd give them a half dozen oysters and a free beverage to entice them a little bit. And that worked back in those uh, early years. But, um, you know, man, I spent a long time ago and uh, here I am today and I'm so fortunate. I love this industry. I love the people that work in it. And what better place than right here on the coast of Biloxi, Mississippi. It's so interesting hearing some of those names that you mentioned. Um, the pre-Katrina days in the hotel business was a, was a different place than it was today, than it is today. When we come back, we can continue our conversation with Kenny Glavin. We'll talk about some of those pre-Katrina days and then really, you know, how, how, how casinos literally changed the face of the earth here in coastal Mississippi. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to uh, Coast View. We have Kenny Glavin with us today. You know, when you think about the seafood industry, the Glavin name, just it just sticks with the seafood industry historically. Um, when you think about changes that have occurred here in coastal Mississippi since casinos, you can't help but think about, I mean, it, may, it may not even top of mind of you at to you actually the the lodging and leisure company that that um, that uh, Kenny works for the Stewart family but if you look at the brands that they're involved with Margaritaville Result uh, excuse me Resort Hotel Legends White House Hotel Centennial Plaza's Grand Centennial Hotel and Oasis uh, Resort Sleep In and Suites in Gulfport and then and then you think about the Markham Hotel and the transformation that is happening there no, and of course, then you have Paradise Pier that's under construction as we speak in, in Biloxi. You think about the kind of investment made by the Stewart family. It's truly transformative. I mean, there's no way to look at it other than that. Um, probably one of the most significant sort of na- non-gaming uh, uh, investments that have been made in coastal Mississippi since gaming occurred. Um, so, Kenny, when you think about Pre-gaming, though, when you think about those days, I heard, uh, you mentioned Lee McConnell's name, and we mentioned Asher Travis a second ago, and uh, Ed Bozier, and and I mean the list goes on and on, man. There were some dynamic personalities, super competitive, but they realized that at the end of the day, they better work together because you know our our, our opportunities for success were limited back in those days, weren't they? Absolutely, and listen, uh, you got the Eddie McGuire's, you got the Skip Ledbetter's. Uh, that's uh, the rent thrifts, uh, and like you said, you can go on and on and yeah. on. You know, uh, but and we work together. I tell you what, that that industry, we we got it together. Golf was a major part back in those days, and we we invited the golf association uh, to to join us in our marketing and leadership efforts. Uh, we were in Jackson uh, every quarter, uh, going up there with MTA, meeting with people, telling us how important. It is to get the word out, and and man, those are those are days that, that we worked as hard as anybody to get the word out of who we are and what we want to deliver. Well, when then we saw, of course, we saw the casinos come come around and uh, the kind of investments. I mean, we knew big investments were going to be made, but I, I don't think any of us could have dreamed that it would become what it is today. When you talk about that transformation, you know, once casinos started hitting the ground and the evolution that occurred after that, how do you usually talk about it with someone who may not know it from Biloxi? Well, you know, we didn't know what was really co- – we, we thought we knew, but, it, but we really didn't know. I, I can remember being on a little uh, 20-foot boat meeting the first paddle boats that were coming in for Isla Capri. And uh, we had these little paddle wheel boats that pulled up, and we thought, man, that, that, this, look at this. This is great. The lines were, you know, the lines were all the way out to Highway 90 from the front door to Highway 90. People were trying to get in, and, and we thought that was the pinnacle, really. And, uh, and, then, it, and then it changed. It kept ch- uh, changing where they brought these big barges in, and they became Vegas-style uh, casinos. And then they, they added they, – they struggled a little bit at the beginning because they did give – uh, boiled shrimp or whatever, and they didn't know how to season boiled shrimp back then. You know, it was real bland and everything, but they learned. And, and then they, you know, I'm, I'm teasing a little bit. But that's, no, that's, I remember, hey, that's true, true though. Story. That's true. That's a true it, story. It, it yeah. is. And then you got this influx of, of the casino industry meeting uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast and getting to know each other. And I think we became better and more diverse. And, and a lot of people don't realize this, the benefits that they brought to people. 
you know, people didn't have health insurance. People didn't have 401ks. People didn't have all of this stuff that they brought to the shores of, of Biloxi and the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And then the quality of life went up. The money that went into the, our education system uh, improved, was able to allow us to do some things. And it just lifted all boats. It did. It really did. You know, what I've told I've told many stories about my experience around this, but but one of the things that Roland said, uh, Roland Weeks, um, who uh, once the casinos came here, said, you know, look, watch what happens because the level of leadership that's coming to this community, I'm talking about world class leadership, uh, is going to transform the way we we look at things from now on. And I remember a meeting that I had with Tim Hinckley. I was responsible for a kickoff for United Way. And went by to meet with him, and uh, we were going down this checklist. I've told the story before, but I just think it's such a you know a great a great example of how they thought bigger. And one of the one of the line items was balloons, and we would click you know going back said you know and and he said okay balloons yeah I said, yeah we got that. So I went on to the next item. And he said no no stop on balloons. How many balloons do you have? I said I think we had like three or four hundred. He said no 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 we're going to get three or four thousand. And then it then it hit me that the ideas, what they've had access to, the way their marketing intelligence, all of that, and their commitment, their capacity to be able to do their jobs and also give back to the community, it was gonna, it was literally going to tra- transform the nonprofit sector of coastal Mississippi. You saw this every day, didn't you, hey, Ricky? I saw it, and Tim Hinckley. Uh, I mean, you talk about a, a maverick, a true maverick. Uh, Tim understood people, the value of people. You mentioned community. He got me involved on a priority grants committee for United Way. The charity uh, was important to him. It wasn't just a lot of people think casinos are here and grabbing the money and all that kind of stuff. Tim was a maverick, and he showed people the real way to to treat people and to attract people and get them to run through a brick wall for him. It was, it was really, you know, Tim in particular, you know, my example came from Tim Hink, uh, from Tim Hink. I, I had others, but my memories of Tim uh, working with the chamber or United Way or whatever it might be was always that he, man, he gave it everything he had. And people at that c- company respected the hell out of him. They, 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 he built, when, when you talk about this a la Capri culture that they built, they were serious about that, weren't they? Isle Style, if you remember, it was Isle Style. Style, Billy Creel Creel made the transition with them, and he certainly helped them. But you know what? The the casino industry, as much as we welcomed them and what they did for us, they were blown away what they got when they got to our shores also and said, wow, look at this. We never dreamed, Miss Biloxi, Mississippi, that this is what we were coming to. It's a, it was so dynamic. And then, of course, Hurricane Katrina. Where were you? Where were you when Hurricane Katrina hit? Well, you know, I was uh, actually working for Bill Lady uh, in Bay St. Louis. Uh, we, we were actually working on some restaurant concepts to expand and, and along with his uh, hotel properties. And I was home that night and, and my family uh, went to Destin to get away. And I said, you know, I got a little power company coming over to Bay St. Louis uh, to stay at the hotel. I think I'm going to go meet them in the morning. Well, about three o'clock in the morning, I heard little uh, tap, tap, tap on the side of my house. Uh, I lived on a, a canal, and it was the house across the canal. The roof was coming off, hitting my house. So I gathered up a couple dogs, uh, went to my dad's house a little higher ground, about a mile and a half away, and and watched it all the way to, to the early morning hours and thought it was over early in the morning, uh, but the worst was still to come. It, it, it stayed here. 
the wind, the wind, the water, everything uh, just stayed here like a washing machine. And uh, to wake up the next day and the next few days to go see the devastation. You, you never th- we never thought we'd see another Camille, right? And, yeah, right. Uh, so this was uh, Camille's big sister that, that kind of visited us. Yeah. The way, the way you described that, I remember, because we stayed at our house on Back Bay, but I remember the water had just gotten up to our windows, and it was just kind of lapping at the windows. And we thought, well, you know, this is terrible. I mean, what, what the rest of the coast must look like by now has to be uh, truly un- unbelievable but and it was just kind of hung there for a while we thought wow thank god the worst you know we've we're going to make it through this war and then man all all you know you know what hit the fan and yeah. it just continued to rise and 10 foot way man it was just what an amazing experience but what you know here's the thing and Haley barber and i talked in great detail about this but you know god chose us to give us that challenge you know so it was up to us to sort of with his help to get out of the the challenge and what we saw about resiliency in those days and weeks and months afterwards you know in each other was truly i mean it was inspiring wasn't it it was i i remember the red cross trucks uh blowing their horns when we were mucking out i had some rental homes and as well as my home and and but i that distinctly i can remember and I would work, 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 work until I heard those uh, horns, and then they'd bring and deliver a bite to eat or something, and then we'd start again until the sun went down. And yeah. everybody was doing, everyone was doing that across the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and certainly we got the relief from the military and from other communities. And and uh, here we are, we pulled ourselves up by the bootstraps, and we're we're taking off again. We can't stop. As Haley has said many times, uh, amazing, amazing leadership on every single level to get us out of that mess. That That is for sure. You know, when you look back, when you look back now on your career, and you did mention the mentors that have impacted you, what what's like, if you think about, uh, you know, a, a lesson that you learned about how to approach the hospitality industry and something you would share with others that really is sort of part of the core of who you are, what's that lesson or two? Well, you know, Billy Creel, I'm going to go back to Billy Creel. I was in a hotel lodging meeting. I was 20-something years old, and, and the Hilton was selling. Uh, they, they, had, they were losing their franchise. And uh, Hey, Kenny, let's do this. Yeah. I didn't realize we were getting to the end of the segment. I don't want to split your lessons learned. So what we're going to do right. when we come back on the other side, we'll pick it up there and hear about some important lessons learned by Kenny Glavin and his years of involvement in the hospitality industry. We'll see you after this break. for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Celebrating the people who make coastal Mississippi a great place to live, work, and play. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by the South Mississippi Boat Show, Friday, April 29th through Sunday, May 1st. And by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Kenny Glavin with us today. He's involved in the hospitality arena. As I said, he's a proud Croatian from Biloxi. 
and uh, he's uh, he's a city councilman, and we'll we'll talk about a little bit more about that in the last segment. But Kenny, when we went to break, we we're talking about lessons learned, and you were going to tell a story about Billy Creel. I didn't want to have to cut you off in the middle of this lesson, so why don't you pick up from there? Yeah, absolutely. So, so this, what I was trying to say is that we we're in a hotel motel meeting. Uh, the Hilton, which Billy was running, just lost the franchise, the Hilton franchise. Somebody was saying, oh, it's so terrible and sad. Uh, this, this is a terrible day for Biloxi that, that we're not going to have Hilton. And Billy turned beet red. You know, he had that, that Irish look to him and everything. And, uh, man, he said, let me tell you something. He said, it isn't the brick and the mortar and the stone. It's the people. And, man, it, it hit me in the heart that day. I'm a young uh, hotel, looked up to Billy, and to hear him and to see him, you know, articulate that in the way he did, I never forgot it. And I always, anywhere I've been, uh, it was always people first. And if you take care of the people, they'll take care of you. They'll take care of the guests, and, and you will, you'll have a successful business. And I've gravitated uh, to companies or associations uh, because of that. Any other any other big lessons stick out to you? Well, uh, I, I tell you what, working for Ed Boja, like I said, the, those half days, uh, you know, and I tell, I, I share that all the time when I, whether I'm in an elevator or, or elsewhere. And I tell people when they say, man, I'm so tired. And I said, you know what? You're not tired. You're successful. <laughs> You're successful. That's what success feels like. You, yeah. you, you need to be tired. If you're going to work for something, you should be tired. At the, if you're not tired at the end of the day, you're not working. And that, yeah. that's, that's been another lesson that I think I've learned through the years. Burning the midnight oil, man, that's a, that's an important ingredient to success. That 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 is for sure. Yeah, Billy Creel, man, I, so many so many stories related to him. He was such a big personality. And when you started talking about his face turning red, you know, just – I could literally picture Billy Creel at that moment when you were talking about it. You know, he said that, and I often said after Katrina, and I've said it on the show many times, that one of the most valuable lessons that we learned, and and this is whether you get hit by a hurricane or whether you're you're building a company, and that is that the, the buildings don't make a community; the people do, and and you can never forget that. Um, if you think if you think uh, after after uh, the hurricane hit Waveland that you were going to reposition Waveland or maybe do away with Waveland or maybe bring Waveland and Bay St. Louis together. <laughs> you you are wrong, man, because people identified with that place and they were going to do everything in their power to bring it back. Same thing for, for Biloxi and you can, you know, you name the community that that's going to apply to it. That that's for sure. Hey, so let's come back to for a second. Uh, the company that you're working with now, I, I really did mean it when I said the investments that they've made, the non-gaming investments that they've made in coastal Mississippi are probably some of the most, if not the most, significant, and uh, uh, particularly in the hospitality arena, investments that have been made. Uh, at this stage of your career, it's got to be exciting to be with the Stewart family, helping to make you know sort of these incredible I say they're, they're part. It's not part of a chain. It's a family-owned organization. Each of these hotels and and properties have their own personality, their own brand. It's got to be exciting for you to be a part of a company like that. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you start with the White House was their first endeavor, and they opened it. Hey, it was thirty years. It was about to be torn down, condemned, and now look at it today. Thank goodness, you know. Uh, that time frame didn't uh, pass, and, and that, that beautiful, beautiful building didn't get torn down. 
And then uh, to transition over to uh, Margaritaville, people laughed at it. They said, well, you're going to try to make a go at it in the middle of Casino Row and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'll tell you what, it's like a magnet. Uh, we've learned a lot through the last uh, half decade. And uh, that's why we're expanding. We know what people want, and we're going to give them, give uh, the people what they want. Have kidding, uh, families have flocked there, haven't they? Uh, it's it's a family desk, affordable family destination, and uh, they get the value of the water park. They're getting ready to have this incredible Paradise Pier experience, uh, which, uh, by the way, we we got the Ferris wheel in route from Italy. It's on a ship in parts. It'll uh, it'll come out into New Orleans, port of New Orleans. It'll be put on almost a dozen trucks in pieces. It'll be trucked over here. We think it's going to be here May 11th. It'll take 45 days to uh, construct and uh, 45 working days to to construct. And uh, people will be teased a little bit. They'll be able to see it for uh, a month or two or three uh, before we uh, staff and open it. But um, getting back to this company that I work for also, Ricky, uh, you look at the buildings that they took over, whether it's the old uh, Casino Magic that was destroyed by Katrina, or you take the Santa Maria del Mar, that's now the new Legends, or you uh, mentioned the White House that was uh, about to be condemned, the Markham Building, another uh, relic uh, that's going to be rejuvenated with a rooftop experience like none other, and in Centennial Plaza. You know, as well, and we're not finished out there. We got a lot of buildings and outbuildings uh, that that we're going to continue to work that vision that that the stewards have, and, and it'll be something each and every year that'll grow and be a better better experience for everybody. Yeah, I remember yeah. after as it relates to Centennial Plaza in particular. I remember, uh, of course, uh, after during Katrina and after Katrina, Brent War was the mayor, and he went on a mission. Uh, the fact that the VA kind of gave that property to Gulfport, and then the work that was done by FEMA and others to sort of fortify the windows and, and make it so they could preserve the building until until a developer could become part of it. I know that he went through a string of developers who had visions and never could pull it together. But man, it was, it, I mean, if you think about that campus, it was ripe for someone like the Stewart family to come along and try to you know bring it to life, wasn't it? Absolutely. And, and again, it goes back to that hard work it goes about getting up early in the morning and, and making sure you're in there and all the uh, dots are connected. And uh, we're, we're ensuring that our guests that stay there are going to have a good experience. And everything's working and everything, you know, is going to be you know, what people expect and try to exceed those uh, expectations. So whose idea was it to do this great dinner experience at Hotel Legends, which really has kind of defined it as this cool place to go have a great dinner and get some amazing entertainment. Where did that come from? You know, I think, again, you, you look at the Tessies of the worlds and, and uh, you know, the ownership. And I'm telling you, it went full circle. Um, and, and I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble uh, for this, but we at the early uh, development, we were going to call it the Bluxy uh, Bacon and Oyster House. And, and then it, it kind of evolved and said, no, you know, that's not quite right. And, and look, we've got these think tanks that we uh, do all the time and where we banner, the, you know, ideas back and forth. And, and some of them are quite interesting. I, I probably need to film a couple of them. It's like WWE sometimes. But, but uh, you know, then it came to this sassy, soulful, bluesy, uh, you know, kind of uh, a, what, what the coast was known for. You know, in its heyday at, at Gus Stevens, sort of, and, and some of those joints, and and said, why not a supper club? Why not bring a supper club back? And and 
it's a perfect uh, match with the intimacy of, of you know, you got 70 seats there and people want to get in. So when you call and they say there's no availability, it just, man, people say, oh, on it. I miss getting in there. And, and when they get there, they're blown away by not only the menu, but the sounds and the colors and everything that Tessie and Taylor and, and Lori and the Stewart family kind of kind of envisioned. And it all came together and it worked. Yeah, I don't. I don't know Taylor. Uh, you mentioned Laurie. Uh, I know Tessie from Facebook. We're friends on Facebook, but or uh, Tessie Lambert. Just uh, uh, Taylor and Tessie are daughters. Is Laurie also a daughter? Uh, Laurie's their mother. Okay, well, Laurie's their mother. Okay, we'll see. Again, they, we don't know much about the Stewart family. Maybe one day I can get Tessie and Taylor to come on my show and tell us their story. Because I think Tessie does a really terrific job she of uh, sharing the various chapters along the way that are happening at each of the at each of the uh, properties. Very positive, just a great communicator. But it, I mean, it, it has this. It, it's so cool because they have decided that each brand, no, no matter if you're talking about Hotel Legends. Or Centennial Plaza, or the White House Hotel, Marguerite. It doesn't matter which one. That each brand is going to, they're going to work to make it sort of a best-in-class scenario, and they're very committed to that, aren't they? They are. And and why would you be anything less? I mean, I, I think if you're going to go for it, you go for it, and you don't you don't do it half halfway. And um, and I think that's been an ingredient uh, for the success. That there is a standard, and everybody knows it. And uh, and that's why everybody gets up, uh, tries to get up as early as uh, Mr. Stewart does. And uh, I don't know if we all quite meet that standard yet, but, um, you know, it works. That, that hard work pays off. It definitely pays off. It really, really does. Um, uh, anything else you want to tell me about the business and the family? Or, you know, again, you can send my invitation to... Uh, to Tessie and Taylor. I'd love to have them both on together to tell their story. But anything else before we shift gears and get to... Well, I think you're going to... You know, I'll give you a little sneak peek. I I think you're going to see us add uh, some significant meeting space. Uh, We're going to expand the White House to include some meeting space and some additional rooms out there uh, that's across White Avenue. Uh, And there's more to come. There'll be a lot more to come. Uh, I mean, this is just a, 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 a... a layer that's peeled back that I'm sharing with you, but believe me, there's more on the horizon. I don't doubt it. Every time we turn around, they're surprising us with something else. Major investments in coastal Mississippi. We're so lucky to have them, that is for sure. Hey, when we come back, we'll shift gears for the final segment and talk about the political side of your life for a second. uh, We're with Kenny Glavin, and we'll see you after this break. And also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Kosio. We have Kenny Glavin with us today. Kenny is, a, as I say, a proud Croatian. He's in the, been in the hospitality industry for a long, long time. He's a city councilman. But he, you know, it's interesting. You not, you don't, you never did define yourself as a political figure. It's almost the way I see what you do, and I followed you closely over lots of years. Is that it's like a lot of. <laughs> 
good public servants, you decided to give something back and participate in the process. And it's not you don't define yourself as a councilman. That's something that that you it's, it's important to you. It's a way for you to provide to for your community. You're excited about it. You want to be a part of policy and moving the city forward. But um, but you're kind of you're almost modest about it. Um, how do you how do you view your role in politics? Well, you know what I. I Yes, it's similar to being a hotel hospitality manager. You know, uh, I look at my constituents as my guests. Uh, I know my guests want, when they have a complaint or a concern, they want to be uh, responded to quickly and promptly. And uh, when I do respond, uh, my goal is to not only meet their expectations, but to exceed them. And and I think that's how I approached uh, my leadership and, and government. Uh, I'm in a role, people elected me to uh, serve Ward 6, and uh, we have certain needs here, and if people call me, if I can take care of it, I'm going to take care of it, and if I, I can exceed their expectations, I'm going to do it. Well, I see. I, re- I really do see that, and um, it's 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 been it's been interesting watching you in business. Um, I, I have uh, the opportunity to have Mayor Fofo Gillich on the show on a regular basis, and I really enjoy our visits. He's very passionate about the city, and when you when we talk, you really get a sense that certainly before the pandemic, there were a lot of things happening in the city. Like, you know, we're beginning to sort of see, okay, where are we going to? How can we move the downtown forward? We had a lot of tire kicking going on. A lot of things have continued to progress forward, even in the pandemic. And then when you add to the reality that projects that might have gone to other areas projects that might have gone to other areas and investments that might have been made in other places are actually getting made here. Biloxi's on fire right now, isn't it, Kenny? It is. And and we got this opportunity, and Popo says it all the time, and he recognizes it, that we have this opportunity to go strike while the iron's uh, hot. Things can change. Interest rates, you know, we got inflation and everything, so Biloxi, uh, transformational is, is the word that a lot of people use when we, we talk about all these projects that we're involved in. Uh, but we have to strike while the iron's uh, hot and we have these opportunities. If not, we could lose them. And uh, I don't think you're going to see that under FOFO's leadership. He, you know, he, that's another one that gets up, puts in every minute, uh, every, every second that he works, uh, you get your money's worth. But, but Kenny, we've got a we've got a string of mayors across the coast now that sort of fit this description that they made, they made their living or whatever they were going to make in their real life. And in Fofo's case, he you know software development business and did really well. And he when he became mayor, he became mayor to give something back. He didn't he didn't he didn't become mayor to to establish himself or to feed his ego. He can't he wanted to make a difference, and he's so driven. I mean, this guy's driven. And you're right, man. I I say that my my favorite famous thing to say about people like Fofo is they don't let grass grow under their feet. He is moving fast, and when you've got young people like Jordan, Nico, and others that are willing to make investments in your city, who have resources to go invest in other cities, if they encounter any kind of resistance or any kind of you know I'm not with you, you know, they can so easily move to another city. And uh, you got to as you I think you said it well. You got to strike while the iron is hot, and the beauty of it is now the city literally is just pulsating an opportunity right now isn't it absolutely i mean we got a measure uh that we just passed the other day a, a 17 million dollar bond and in it is the pops Ferry uh extension that's a big piece in it also in it is the uh aj holloway sportsplex uh enhancements and that takes a lot of work i mean that, that's not a, a little penny when you're talking about a seven million and a six million 
dollar investment in a, in a bond issue uh, when we have other infrastructure needs and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But Bofo's vision, and, and I think we all become a team, we've become a team with them. First of all, you know, we've, we've worked with them long enough. Uh, we can now speak his language as fast as it is and uh, understand what he's saying. But um, what he sees in that $17 million bond and those two big projects is that we're going to get assistance and help and that'll bring down the cost for those two projects. And when we bring down the cost, that's more money that goes in the buckets for other needs throughout the city and the other wards. And, and he's been able to convince the majority of the council to go with him on that. And that's just a little snippet of how he thinks and, and where we can go and if we just have that forward thinking. You know, you also had this fire station that we opened uh, just over a year ago over here in, in, in Pops Ferry. And that was very controversial that we we're going to spend a lot of money on it, but it reduced the response to the average response times down from six minutes to three and a half minutes that we can now respond. It also reduced our uh, insurance by putting that fire station in the training center. You know, it reduced our insurance down. So th those are some of the little things that if, if we're smart, uh, we'll have a long-term effect. Well, Kenny, we're coming to our, to our end of our time together. But look, it's been a pleasure. I remember uh, that uh, some six months ago, or maybe even longer, I, I wanted you to be on the show, and I'm 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 really pleased uh, that you finally uh, agreed to be on, so I could talk about what you're up to these days. There's so many lessons to learn from leaders all across coastal Mississippi, and 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 you're one of many that have a lot to offer. And so, thank you for being part of the conversation. Well, I appreciate that, Rick, very much. I've been wanting to come on your show and talk to you a little bit, and it's been enjoyable. enjoyable. This has been Kenny Glavin. Hey, listen, take a minute to enjoy the Coast View, and while you're at it, find a way to, to dream bigger, not just for yourself, but for Coastal Mississippi. That's what this show is all about. Have a great day. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.